and welcome to the Gen 5 podcast. I'm Alex Johnson, and I'm joined with Kia Christopher, but we have a very special guest who's not actually a guest. It's the Gen 5 founder and president, Dana Markser Sailors. Dana, what's taken you so long to finally join us on the Gen 5 podcast? You finally invited me, Alex. <laughs> I have I have text messages and emails to prove that that is not true. <laughs> Well, glad to be on this one with you guys. You've been doing a great job. Yeah, no, we we've had we've had fun doing this, and um, we actually have a really uh, exciting and I think very relevant topic uh, that we're going to uh, talk about today, which is creating a killer 2016 marketing plan that executives will love. And and the reason that's relevant is because you know as uh, we've all worked with our customers and, and different companies to. Um, help them plan uh, for their years. It usually occurs at this particular time of the year, and we're recording this obviously in the middle of November. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, relevant things to talk about because probably a lot of companies are doing this right now. They, they should be. I mean, they probably many are, have already started. Um, and, and uh, if not, they're, they're definitely going to be ramping up here shortly. That's right, Dana. Yeah. So uh, we, we have a couple of, um, Topics that uh, not topics, but highlights of uh, creating the plan. Now, the execution part and and the uh, analyzing the data from the results. I mean, that all comes later. But uh, we're talking specifically um, about creating the plan. So, Dana, step number one almost has to be looking at what you've already done the previous year. I mean, am I wrong? No, you're you're absolutely right, and of course, our whole philosophy at at Gen Five is taking an an engineer's approach to marketing, which um, which obviously guides the way we help our our clients put their their marketing plans together. So the first thing we have to do is understand um, to understand what we need to do to accomplish our 2016 goals. We have to look at the evidence in 2015 um, to see. Uh, what our run rates are, where we have executed tactics that ha have been effective, where we've executed tactics that haven't been effective, how much we've spent in channels versus how much has been produced, and then not only what's been produced from a lead flow perspective, but what has actually resulted in closed revenue for the company. So there are several different orders, you know, uh, passes that you put on your 2015 activities to make sure that we're measuring those so that when we say, hey, I'm not just going to put a marketing plan together with a, with a lot of stuff in it for 2016. But what we're going to do is we're going to look at what we're trying to accomplish in 2016. We're going to optimize based on the evidence we have for um, our performance in 2015 to build a plan that that ties exactly what we're doing in marketing, exactly the budgets that we're going to request to how we are going to help the company hit their revenue targets for 2016. So it's a very um, uh, methodical engineer's approach to how you put that tactical plan together. Of course, then you have to add the, the art on it because it's the art that makes everything more efficient, makes everything more compelling, and, um, and you know everything rises with the tide. Um, when what you're feeding into the engine is is good. So talking about the kind of attitude you need to have going into planning to really improve, no one plans to do worse unless they're intentionally trying to tank themselves, which hopefully we're not working with anybody like that. <laughs> uh, but when, when you have uh, a planning session like this, 
uh, do you see that it matters um, to focus uh, when, when companies spend more time focusing on uh, their mistakes and focusing too much on the negative rather than looking at the opportunities to do new things that could really help them? Or it, and it, It's probably a balance, right? So they, they see where they've messed up and that could probably, uh, I don't know, bring you down or, or, or make you more defensive over uh, just trying not to mess up again rather than trying to do better and grow. I mean, do you see where atti- is attitude a, a big um, element in making sure that you're, you're planning effectively? Yeah, that's a great point, Alex. I mean, you have to, I mean, in, in the highest performing companies, the highest growth companies that are super effective and are are really uh, producing results, you have an executive team that has healthy enough relationships where everybody is um, working together to improve and to bring the best ideas to the table. And, you know, you hope that most of what you try in marketing is going to be wildly successful. But if you aren't making some mistakes here and there, you will really aren't trying hard enough. Um, so I think everybody needs to be open and embracing of innovation. You know, obviously your, your, your marketing leadership has to have enough savvy to know, you know, I'm not going to put the company at risk, but you still have to be trying new channels, new messages, getting to new buyers. Um, and you really have to push the envelope, especially with B2B companies that have very constrained resources and you're trying some creative approaches. Some are going to work and some are not going to work so well. Um, but the great thing is that when you find the things that work, you do more of those. And if something doesn't work, you don't do it anymore. And that's the whole kind of optimization of the marketing function. So you, you've done this several times with several companies over, over two decades. And, and obviously every industry is different. They have their own quirks. Well, actually, every company is, is unique. Um, but then that and part of that uniqueness might be the industry or or the size or the competition and certainly the executives. That's what goes into making companies unique after all. But from your experience doing this with very large companies, very small companies and uh, different cultures, what are some just general principled takeaways, not takeaways, but what are uh, what are some things that that executive teams and whoever's part of that process, what do they need to have to be prepared uh, to begin that planning process. I mean, I know some companies go on retreats for the sole purpose of of, of planning. I mean, it could be uh, tangible, intangible, uh, and we just touched on a little bit of having the right kind of attitude. But what do companies need to have that span different industries uh, and companies um, to begin planning this planning process? So I, you know, I think we touched a little bit on it, Alex. Is you you have to understand what one is. You have to come prepared with an understanding of your sales marketing to sales process. Um, and so when you, when you have that process defined, that's kind of the first order fundamental thing you have to know is what is my sales process? How am I defining that from marketing leads to whatever stage you want to define within your sales process to close revenue? Because ultimately when a company sets its revenue targets for the coming year, um, you want to you want to have two things. One is um, you want to be able to set the metrics across the entire organization so that you are enabling the sales team to close that revenue. And at the same time, you don't want to set a revenue target that is completely not justified based on the pipeline that you have set up in the coming year. Now, again, that 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 is um, that's depending on the length of your sales cycle. That could be 
more or less critical, but at any, in any company, you have to be able to understand that. Um, and it doesn't have to be complex. In fact, I've always um, found that the simpler you can define that, the better. I think the more complex things get, um, the harder it is to really see the forest for the trees. And so curating a process that is relatively simple, but then really being able to measure how many leads is marketing bringing in across all of these different tactics and channels and what's the cost of those? How do they come into the sales pipeline? How many of those that are accepted as opportunities by sales convert to the next stage of the sales process? Could be a presentation, could be a demonstration, and then to the next stage of the sales process, which could be, um, you know, a price quotation or a proposal. Um, to, you know, and again, there could be several steps in between those. And then, of course, to contracts, deal close. So, that, you know, I look, I look at every sales process, they're all different, and they're all the same. But understanding how you define those, um, and then understanding how many of the leads that you're, that you're bringing in are making it to each stage of that process, that's what you need to come with at least a rudimentary understanding of, or at least, you know, in some cases where some some clients that we work with have not defined those previously, you got to come to 2016 with a guess because you start with an estimate or, or a best, you know, using your experience, a guess at what you think those stages are. Because then you set up your, your revenue engineering model and you say, okay, if this is our sales target, then this is what we need to have in the pipe at each one of these stages, therefore this is how many marketing inquiries or leads or whatever that organization may call them that marketing needs to be putting into the process. And that should allow the marketing department to say, this is the type of marketing investment that, that we're going to require. So, so that is kind of everything you need to know to put the, um, the financial and tactical plan together uh, so that marketing is in a really good position to make sure they're feeding sales with exactly what they need to hit their revenue targets. And they can walk the executive team through it. So, you know, a lot of times uh, marketing will come with a marketing plan and it's not clear exactly why everything that marketing has put in their plan leads to revenue. And, and one of the things that, you know, as, as, as that, you know, you all have, and I have walked through clients, um, with is everything that we do in marketing is to grow revenue. If it's not tied to the path to revenue question why you're doing it. And so I think when you kind of come with an engineering approach to your marketing plan, especially in B2B technology companies where, where it's likely that many of the other C-suite are either technical or process oriented, that type of evidence gives a lot of comfort to, the, uh, to your peers on the executive team that what you are doing is very well thought out, very process oriented, and will produce results. Yeah, Dana, I think one of the most important pieces of, of the plan that you're outlining that um, Gen 5, you know, works towards as we help companies set their goals for the coming years is that when you look at, you know, stage by stage conversions and all of the metrics and, you know, how you've done in previous years, you're making educated decisions, you're really setting goals that are realistic. It's not like you're saying, I want to do 10 million next year and not really having a good basis to figure out how you're going to do that. It's, it's a very calculated approach. 
Right. I mean, there's there's nothing. I mean, everybody wants to to have, you know, uh, double their revenue next year or, you know, 80 percent sales growth. But the thing that um, that a, a that the highest performing companies do is they're able to set targets and consistently hit them. Right. So so you can go to your board and you can say, you know, here's our plan for doubling our revenue next year. And that's me using my hands. Sorry. <laughs> um, <The> sound effects. <laughs> you know, I can't talk without using my hands. This isn't a uh, video, by the way. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. So, um, you know, everybody wants to go to their board and we've got these plans for great growth revenue, but nobody wants to go to the board and say we missed our revenue target. Right. Right. And so, so everybody is working to make sure that, you know, yes. We want to goal our teams to, to perform as, as best they can. But the approach that we take is, you know, you really need to optimize what you're doing, do what works, because it's not about working harder. It's about working smarter. Yeah, I think one of the outcomes of planning your, your upcoming year in this way is it allows you to see what you can't see, right? You'll figure out within your process, what am I not able to to see in Salesforce or whatever tool you're using to track sales? So I think it naturally allows you to begin to track different things in the next year that you're going to want to know when you plan for the next year. Absolutely. I mean, the more the more data you have, so, so that kind of leads off, Alex, you had asked me, what do you need to have to prepare for your 2016 plan? And I said, it's this, the understanding of this process and either the, the data from the year or a best estimate for the year. The reality is that as you track that plan, you track those metrics and you start to populate the data, you start to understand what your actuals are, right? You guessed how many of your opportunities would go from stage one to stage two. But over the course of several sales cycle lengths, you're going to be able to understand actually how many convert. And so when you start to understand that, you know where you're performing well and where you need to help. So marketing is not only at the top of the or, you know, top of the funnel. It is throughout the entire funnel. Hmm. When we talk about revenue engineering, it is about enabling sales all the way through to deal closure. Um, So, uh, you know, so understanding um, the conversion rates in the pipeline, you know, it's it, so many companies say, well, we just need more leads. Right. Um, but when you start to really look at how your sales opportunities are performing throughout the pipeline, sometimes you have plenty of leads and you really don't mm. want to feed in more leads until you fix what's broken in the sales cycle first. That, you know, that's a great point. And I, I think up to this, this moment, we've really spoken high level, uh, about, preparing a marketing plan, you know, that you know, the whole title, the whole reason we're talking is because we want to help companies create marketing plans that their executives, uh, their executives would love and, and can see kind of how uh, this plan is tied to revenue. And that's the ultimate goal. We believe at Gen 5 is when you're, when the end goal of what you're trying to do with your marketing department is to make money, is to produce revenue and, and essentially make more money than you cost, right? Uh, you know, that that's, you have to communicate that well. Now, I want to do something. I want to change gears just a little bit, and I'll, and I'll explain that here right now, that we work with a lot of, of companies that are well-established. They have 
marketing programs in place. They're doing these things. Uh, they might uh, they might ask us for help to make them better or for different ideas, and that's great. And we love doing that. We also work with companies that are are so young, and there's and they're, they're startups, and and they have people in those companies that have. Um, maybe at one point one more many has, but for the most part, they've maybe been in only one particular role. They're good at one particular thing. And, and they really, uh, and what we want to make this podcast for and all the other materials that we produce, we want to educate and help companies uh, be better, be more effective marketers. So let's change gears and talk specifically about components of a marketing plan and what a startup company that just frankly, they're just not I mean, they know what it is. They, they've maybe heard when they were on a different executive team at a bigger company talk about it, but now they're responsible for it. And now they have to account for it. They have to plan for it and they have to justify it. So Dana, let's, let's talk about some components specifically and let's speak directly to those companies that, uh, that we've worked with or companies similar to that, that we've worked with that are, again, they're startups. They don't have a ton of marketing expertise. They have a great product. Uh, even maybe they have a, a cool brand starting off, but you're planning for 2016 right now. They're trying to maybe impress their board, their investors, or, or whatever. Talk about some components that, that they need to consider. Maybe they're not considering. What are some components of a marketing plan that, that we have to account for uh, to make sure that, that the executives are impressed? So there, there are several components of marketing plans that are, are fundamental. So one is, what is your marketing strategy? And so when you look at your marketing strategy, you know, it can't, the strategy is not your revenue target. Your strategy is what are you going to do from a marketing messaging, go to market plan to grow your opportunity space and close more deals. It is not a sales number. And so when I think about strategy, I think about, um, you know, is, is the company, where is the company in its space? Who are they selling to? Why do they care? How do you get to those people? And what do you say? Mm-hmm. So those are those are some, I mean, you know, like you said, I mean, we, we work with high growth companies. They're t- typical, typically smaller companies, could be startups. But the questions are always the same. Even in large companies, the questions are always the same. And sometimes um, we get so so sophisticated in the way we think about you know, our campaign frameworks and, you know, the, the questions are always fundamentally the same. And, um, and so the first thing that the companies have to understand when they're looking in, at their 2016 plan is what are we trying to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I kind of look at that as the, the strategy component. You know, do you have a thought leadership component? Um, what markets are you going after? Are you going after particular verticals? Are you going after particular roles? Um, are you packaging your solution in certain ways? Are you packaging it in new ways? Um, how do you think that those markets are larger or smaller? Um, what are your competitors doing? How are you doing things to neutralize competitive threats? Um, you know, there's depending on where the company is, how competitive their space is, um, you have to really tailor that strategy to be, again, you know, focusing on the highest value things is going to create marketing departments that are highly efficient and highly effective. It's not about doing more. It's about doing the things that move the needle for your strategic objectives. So I would say that's kind of a big component of the, of the, of the, the marketing plan. The other component, of course, is how, wh- why you created that strategy was to hit a set of revenue goals. So 
setting the goals for marketing throughout the year, kind of what we do at Gen 5, we call it our revenue model, um, is taking the revenue targets, you know, it could be new, typically new sales orders, but it could be, you know, components of new sales orders and customer upsell, cross-sell, but, um, but understanding what is my revenue target, how do I look at that, that sales model that we talked about previously, and set my lead generation objectives for the year. Now, I may have branding objectives as well, but the whole reason you have branding is so you get more leads so you can close more deals. It's all linked to revenue. So there's that, the goals portion. And then there's a portion that is looking out over the year of 2016. This is kind of the high, highest level. I mean, you're going to have project plans for lots of different tactics in your marketing plan. Um, but I like to look at it as a calendar that you look out through the year, say you understand what are the most significant things, opportunities that you have so that you can punctuate the marketing programs that you roll out through the whole year so they support each other. So uh, my message, it's not I'm going to talk about subject A here and then next month I'm going to talk about subject B. What you're saying is, here's my strategy, here's my message, how is everything I'm doing in 2016 supporting that, reiterating that, you know, marketing is all around repetition. It's not about getting out more messages, it's getting out a message that is building your brand position, your thought leadership position, and, you know, underneath those, you'll have, you know, your lead generation components, but again, looking out over the whole year so that you know that I am anticipating what's coming so that I am already planning how everything that's going to hit, how every product release, how, how you know, every service offering is going to reinforce my strategy so that everything works elegantly together. Yeah. And I think on a, on a, uh, a more kind of a tactical planning level, when you've kind of a maybe established your goals and then and taken care of uh, answering the questions of, you know, who am I going after? You know, uh, what are we really trying to do and assessing uh, your competitors and, and whatnot? I, I think Kia touched on it a little bit ago about goals, but I also think that when you set out to then say, well, then how are we going to do these things? You know, how are we going to, uh, uh, you know, whether it's wh how we're going to generate leads, how are we going to have a, a or even begin the process of becoming a thought leader? You also have to be realistic about whether or not you can do those things. I mean, especially and I'm, I'm speaking directly to uh, companies, of course, with with uh, that need to be more efficient and they need to be smarter with their resources. Uh, you know, obviously more established companies have a little bit more room to maybe uh, take on a lot of things at a time. Um, although still sometimes companies that, that could do that might be better served uh, only doing things that are going to be really high impact that they can do well. And that's a whole another discussion for another time. But when you're talking about uh, B2B companies with limited resources, little room for error, uh, and they're looking to, to grow and, and have marketing be part of the uh, uh, lead generation and that will impact revenue. I think when you talk about those tactics and how you're going to do it, you need to ask yourself, you know, are the things that I've set out to do, are they realistic? And can I do them? And, and maybe that's a question of we can't do as many as we would like, or maybe we just don't have the in-house expertise to execute some of these tactics. I mean, you know, and maybe, maybe you don't have the expertise to maybe uh, 
tackle a, uh, a strategy or a, a lead generation strategy like maybe trade shows because you don't have an in-house person that knows how to do trade shows. So you know that you're going to have to maybe outsource that planning and that strategy. Well, maybe because you don't have that inside um, talent or that inside know-how and you have to outsource, maybe because of that, you then aren't able to do other tactics. So you have to weigh those things back and forth and and forget about weighing them back and forth. You have to be honest about them, you know, and you have to be realistic and, and make sacrifices. And you got to ultimately decide based on the numbers, based on your honest assessment about your personnel and who you have on your staff and what are they good at. And, and then what can we um, outsource or contract out? And when you fit all that together, you have to say, you know, across the board, you have just to be uh, understanding that you can't do everything all at once. And, you know, sometimes I know that, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm reminded of a, of a saying uh, from a, a sales guy. That's the first time I heard it. I've heard it since. But if you're going to eat an elephant, you need to take one bite at a time. And I think that sometimes, especially maybe, and this would be something for you to answer, Dana, when um, you have a startup that's led by someone that's been at a much larger company and maybe they've held s certain roles, but maybe maybe their eyes are bigger than their stomach sometimes in terms of this is what we can accomplish. But I, I, I think it would be wise to uh, just consider the fact that, you know, just check yourself. Is, are we being realistic about this? Um, can we do it? And then if you determine maybe this is under our current state a little unrealistic uh, as we're planning for 2016, how can we make it unrealistic? How, I mean, how can we make it realistic? How can we how can we attempt to do those things? And then that provides a whole, again, different topic. Uh, but I, I think being honest with yourself when, when you approach how you're going to hit your goals is, is something you can, should consider in your planning as well. Well, I think Alex, um, you, you may you just made the case for why the components that we described earlier are critical. So you have your budget. So by line item, the things that you're going to, going to spend across each channel so you have a check there to know, I mean, basically what does marketing have to work with? Pretty much human resources and programs resources. So your budget is going to tell you how can I optimize where I'm spending? And then you've got that overall calendar where you're looking out through the year and you, you line up, these are my opportunities. These were my products are going to be released. These are major industry events. We might have a customer conference. Um, where am I looking where, where big announcements or big um, releases of, of our thought leadership statement or whatever it may, may be, where am I going to release those? So they build over time. And then you can, you know, you go down and then you see, okay, here are the shows that we're going to be at. Here's our field networking events or our lunch and learns. Here are the email campaigns we're going to send out. Here are the webinars we're going to do. And so you look out over all of the, the months so that you know, how many people do I have on my team and who's going to be participating in these events? So that you know, you don't come to September and say, holy moly, I have 20 projects that I'm supposed to do next month because you you've already anticipated that you've already looked out through the year and, and said this is a reasonable plan giving the programmatic resources I have and the human resources I have to be able to get this done now do I need to go trade programmatic resources for outside contract resources or agencies or freelancers or whatever I need to be able to accomplish what my marketing plan is in front of us those are things that now, once you've laid that out, you have the tools to be able to um, create those trade-offs, um, dollars versus human resources. And um, 
And so, so that's, you know, you really just kind of made the case why those are so effective um, components of the marketing plan. Right. Yeah. And I, I think one thing that we've seen and Kia, I think you can speak to this pretty well is when, when you consider uh, the return on what you're trying to accomplish with marketing and not just the, the service level. Well, our prospects go to a certain trade show or part, um, companies that we would consider to be strategic partners even go to certain trade shows. We should just, by nature, we know we should go there. I mean, that's the front half, right? That's just kind of makes sense. Or, you know, we should buy a, a, a large list of emails from our prospects because we just kind of think we should. Or, or hey, we know that, say, uh, Google AdWords has capabilities to to capture leads if we do it right. So that that's all front end. That, yeah, of course. Well, if that ca- if that's something that companies use to capture leads, then yeah. But that back end question, or you know, you're answering the the front end by saying, yeah, but you're not considering X, Y, or Z, or we don't have resources for X, resources for X, Y, Y, or Z, and, and we don't have, um, we're not doing this as well. But we've shown that this channel necessarily that they that does a much better job. For example, we have a lot of um, uh, uh, high performance in, in this particular channel. So when you're able to answer questions, it's, it's, uh, it, it just makes the marketing team look more prepared and that they are focused on revenue. Yeah. One of the, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dana. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, that's the, the whole optimization of the, um, resources of marketing. Marketing can always do a million great things. There will never be too few things to spend marketing dollars on. The question is, how do you make sure you're funneling the marketing dollars you have to the tactics that are going to give you the greatest payback? That's the, that's the whole optimization of marketing. And that's where, um, when you do it really well, um, the more you put into marketing, the higher your revenue growth and, and scale. So that's that's the whole purpose of marketing is to scale your revenue growth. And so marketing is constantly optimizing every dollar they have to make sure that what I'm doing is the greatest payback for the company. Yeah. And when you're talking about optimizing your resources, you're absolutely talking about having good data to help you make decisions. And one of the things that, you know, we always say is bad data leads to bad marketing and kind of the same thing goes with no data. So, you know, as you're building your marketing plan for 2016 and beyond, and you're looking at what's worked and what doesn't work, you know, definitely keep track of what you would like to see that you can't see today and start making some plans to be able to see those things in the future to make even better decisions. Oh, great point. Yep. Great point, Kia. (laughs) So this is uh, this is I think been a really good discussion. I, I know that uh, we the more we talk to companies that are in their very early stages of of uh, growth, it's it's always fascinating to see how they approach um, their plans for the year, and, and especially the marketing component is often uh, I don't want to say it's misunderstood, but it, it's often we see that there's there's opportunities to really hit the high points and in, in, in maximize results from uh, the channels that would work for them if they just if they just made the right I don't know strategic calls to to focus in that way and and so this has been very educational I, I think for even me to hear um, uh, Dana your your uh, your take on on what you've seen across multiple industries we hope that our listeners also 
have found this to be educational. And of course, if you wanted to, and I'm speaking to the audience now, Kia and Dana, <laughs> if, uh, if our audience wants to know anything else, or if, 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 uh, if this is a topic that, um, uh, they may, might have a take on or a question about, or if they, if something we mentioned here that you want to hear us expand on and, and address more specifically, because we might've glanced over it, you can always uh, contact us at hello at gen-5.com. And uh, we love to hear suggestions for topics because again, the reason we do this and the reason we're um, producing content uh, about B2B growth uh, is because we do see that there are some opportunities for companies to really maximize their efforts. So Dana, thank you for finally <laughs> coming on the podcast. Thank you for finally inviting me, Alex. I feel so validated now. <laughs> mm, well, no, so uh, really, it was great, Dana, and, and your insight is, is always great. We look forward to uh, producing um, many more topics with you and, and covering um, well, how B2B companies can really maximize their marketing. So uh, with that said, I guess I guess we're done. And we, uh, again, appreciate everybody from listening. And uh, you can find us on our website at uh, gen-5.com. And you can also uh, you find us on our podcast page. You can see old episodes as well. And again, if you want to contact us, uh, and that is hello at gen-5.com. Until then, we'll see you later. <laughs>